Lobsters and long ass crab legs. What is up? Season four, episode three of Book Record Beer. We are here, and before anything else is said, even the the fucking book we chose that would make that intro make sense, I uh, want to uh, give a very special happy birthday to our friend and beloved Daniel DeFranco. Hey, that's happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. birthday Absolutely. Ooh, reaching, reaching, reaching. 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 Today, for this season four, episode three cast, say hello. Hello, I am Daniel. True. Uh, <laughs> Nick Gregorio. Oh, hi, everybody. I'm Nick Gregorio. He's here as well. Yeah. And <laughs> in true tradition, one that has had numerous perils befall us. Uh, <laughs> just, just a wild ride, almost always. Uh, this year being moderate, but no different. We welcome our good friend, Franco Fiorini. Hey, guys. Thanks. Yeah, Franco's boy. back for the Christmas cast. For the Christmas Woo! cast. Third, right. third time? Third, third, third time. Three yeah. out of four third Christmas time. casts. Oh, yeah. Oh, Why'd he miss one? I don't know. What the fuck's the matter with you? I think it was just the first year I wasn't. No, was the first year you were. You, oh, that, that was the yeah. one we had to re-record. Oh. That was the brutal. So yeah. you did do two. That was two. a six-hour marathon. Did record four casts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you actually have. We're on board. We're on track. Things are even. So uh, today, what do we have for you, um, Nick? This is a this is a conglomerate. Uh, we we all participate in the, yes, in the choosing here. Typically, this is a this is a Daniel exclusive, the Christmas yeah. cast. But mm. we uh, we all participated here. Nick, you picked for us last night at the Lobster by Stuart Onan. Yes, sir. Yes, I did. Absolutely. And our record today, Daniel, I'm going to give it all to you. Thanks for the dance. The posthumous album by Leonard Cohen. Absolutely. And our beer is Goose Island's uh, Bourbon County Mon Cherry, mm. which uh, I Ooh. cannot wait to break into. It probably sounds like Mon we have. Cherie. We have not. Uh, but we have broken into some other ones. So uh, without any further ado, let us get started. Um, the Last Night at the Lobster takes place on the 20th of December, and it is... The day before, or it's the last day that the Red last Lobster mm -hmm. is open, yeah. and we follow our pro tag and manager, Manny, who uh, rolls up, smokes a bowl, and then proceeds <laughs> to go about go his about day. Go about his day. <laughs> yeah. Seems yeah. about right. So, um, honestly, this book is like 150 pages. You can knock it out in a single mm -hmm. read, which I think some of us did, yeah. like yep. just one did. go. Um, and it's interesting because it comes out on Penguin, it's like really uh, praised in a lot of the reviews. There's this uh, quote that I couldn't get out of my head that was like, if you thought American literature was dead, you haven't read Stuart O'Nan. <laughs> Nan? Nan? Am I saying it wrong? I say Stuart O'Nan, but that's because I'm from Philly. Yeah, Stuart O'Nan. Stuart O'Nan. He was the keynote speaker at the Barrel House uh, Writers and Connections Convention. That uh, I'd mentioned before, actually last cast for the Book of X where I uh, saw Sarah Rosetta. Oh, right, right, um, right. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. almost positive it's Stuart Onan. 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 Like, like so the have I been saying it right? I actually forgot what I was no, saying. No, actually, I have no idea. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely. So 
because Onan. we are owning the library. Stuart Onan Doyle. <laughs> Be, uh, because we are, you know, in a um, franchise restaurant establishment. I'm going to introduce these fellas. If I if I were to introduce the book takes place at a franchise. Yeah, we're not there. Yeah, we're not okay. there. We're in the basement still, as yeah. always. Yeah, we're not franchised. Oh my just yet. god, what a missed opportunity! There's a red lobster in Montgomeryville. We fucked up. Oh man, could you imagine? <laughs> Did we? The clattering they totally and would noise. Let us. They would definitely have let <laughs> they us. They would let us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, can we cast here? Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How many booths do you need? You each get one. Um, so I'm going to introduce us as uh, chain restaurants. Okay. So I'm going to start here with uh, with Nick. Applebee's, 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 Applebee's. You are Sonic, my friend. Hey! For a few <laughs> That's reasons. So bad. You, oh, are, nice. you are Sonic uh, because I heard about you for a long time before I got to meet you. Oh, God. Which, if we remember, Sonic did crazy ads <laughs> forever mm. before- No Sonic to be found. There was no Sonics <laughs> around. And then they opened up one in Ben Salem, and I was like, yes! Finally! <laughs> Cherry limeade, you will be mine. Fried, uh, what the? Tater tots, baby. Yeah, that's it. So the, the reason mm. I picked this is because it has a little bit of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Right? Got the drive-in situation going on. Uh, it is full of joys. Joy, <laughs> full of joy. And uh, I, I feel like when I went, I was like, what's this going to be? Very surprised. Very surprised at the uh, the variety there. Oh, yeah. Much like your writing. I'm always surprised oh. at all these different things that show up. I like that. Um, next up, good. <laughs> next up, uh, Franco, you are the Longhorn Steakhouse, my friend. Yes. <laughs> that beard That's is hearty, satisfying, <laughs> no joke whatsoever. It's, it's 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 just wonderful. Meat and potatoes. Is, this is this is exactly what I was hoping for. Which is completely ironic because I've like been a vegan for like eight weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. It's like the opposite of where I would go. <laughs> at this point, at this point, so we have an we I have go an ironic choice. Franco, you should have fucking told us, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. Standing by it. He knows where my heart is. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. And um, Daniel, you're you're the Han Dynasty because you are Ooh. you are mm. classy and damn good. Dude, handy, you got nasty. handy, nasty, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, you're like, "Ooh, I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be that spicy. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. I think I got one of the seeds." And that is good. that is how I would introduce you guys if you were. Chain restaurant. All right, I'm going to jump in here. Um, not so much a restaurant. I mean, I guess it is. There's food, and you can sit there and eat it. Uh, <laughs> okay. You are a pret a manger. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> I'm in every airport. Yep, yeah. and the, the reason is, let me make up a reason, yeah, um, <laughs> is because while some people, like your students and your wife, they see you all the time. They're like, yeah, th- nothing is special <laughs> yeah, about this. Special. What are you what are you talking about? When I get to see you, <laughs> I'm like, this is a real treat. <laughs> this is delightful. I don't have one of these in my city. This is a delightful right. panini. Yeah. I Look mean, these triangularly cut sandwiches in plastic. Yeah. They just they made it right here. <laughs> the sign says they made it right here. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll take it. I love it. What a bit of joy we have. This going is on fun. Here. All right. Having a good time already. Let's let's jump in because I I got some questions. Mm. For last night at the lobster, that, uh, as I'm sure I've said a number of times, resonated 
immediately with me as someone who worked at a grocery store, a chain grocery store for over a decade. Right. So there was that. There was that immediate connection right off the bat. And I'm following Manny around and he's a manager I knew. And at times he was me because I was the frozen food manager and the seafood manager and I was a butcher and all these other things. And so you get that sense of being at that stage in your life where it's almost like everything's possible, but also you're in something and you you have some some strange commitment to this thing. Uh, that you important. don't even know yourself. Yeah. It seems important. I mean, the number of times where I went, why the fuck does he care? I, I, it's why countless. does he keep shoveling the wall? <laughs> it's countless. <laughs> Let him go. go. Extra bag no one melt. else is coming. <laughs> You're going to have no dinner. There's no dinner, right? And yet these people stick by him. And so that was one of the biggest things I came up with as far as a question to lead discussion. I landed on, and, uh, and, I, and I quote, the fuck is this about? That's my question mm. to start because I question. have a list of bulleted mm. things, but I think it is a necessary question because by the end, a bulleted list, if you will, that was not all lists have bullets, my friend. Yeah. Sometimes they're numerical, <laughs> <laughs> but that really is nominal. Perhaps that is that is my first question, and I would love to hear what you guys think this fucking book is about. Defer to our guest. Yeah. What's this book about? I wonder whether it's like a new existentialism in a, in a sense, you know, like, I oh, mean, let's get into we're that. just kind of, we're, we're just chronicling what it means to be in a space as a certain type of person, you know, in a certain, you know, I don't know, place and time. Um, that's the, that's all I got now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> that was really brought good. just to, <laughs> just, to <laughs> just to like echo. And, and the reason I, why I say it is this. So I have some similar kind of background with, um, working, you know, for a bunch of time in a shop right in high school and, and doing that and, and not being a cashier, but doing back, back store stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, stock stuff. And, and then, um, you know, working in bars for over a decade and, and Daniel and, and, and these guys are, Kind of in, in on that in on that too. Um, I just drank at bars, and then you know also just <laughs> braggadocious, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> you know, Sorry. and then just the the shitty last day of a relationship that like wasn't working and and is yeah. over, but but was like not over in your mind because she was still around and Probably still you won't could just be keep it there, you know. And, but you're just counting down the clock, and and uh, I think Onan, like, what was so great about that part of it is is just, um, I don't know, he, I I don't know how he did it because I'm I'm not a, I'm nowhere near a writer of any kind. But you guys can tell me some more about maybe what you're seeing and from from a, a writerly standpoint. But just the way that he built that um, suspense around. You know, like, well, maybe something will happen. Like, you know, like it's the right. day's drawing to a close. It's getting closer. That bus makes that turn into the parking lot. You're like, okay, maybe like this is going to be something awesome. You know, right. and yeah. then it just is what it is. A bunch of fucking tourists, you know, need a bathroom break because they got the shits, you know. So, yeah. but like, <laughs> but that's just, that's existence. It's like, that's what it is to be just that person doing that job, you know, yep. loving that person who like, you, you know, you just you know it's not going to do it. i mean it feels to me a little bit like the stranger to some extent like it's just you know you're just kind of cast into this moment in someone's life so i don't know yeah i i that's what really stuck with me was how i kept you know sometimes you you start building like it's got to be this because it's published and because it's 
for me, I was like, because it's published, it's published by Penguin. Like, mm-hmm. there, the, that there's got to be something actually there. So, and I kept on asking myself, am I just putting it there because it doesn't actually exist and this is just a, a, a front-to-back tale? But I kept on seeing these little things that would show up where I go, no, actually, there's, there is something more here. There's, there's, this, there's this deeper um, sort of reasoning behind why this choice was made or this choice was made or that choice was made mm. and the whole thing where and just to to quote people when we have manny he is the manager he's shown up the red lobster's closing he's taking some people with him and he has a pregnant girlfriend at home and he has a woman uh who is a waitress there who he had been having uh in a affair essentially with right uh, if you could call it that because they're not there's not a marriage there it's just like a fling of some kind but he's obsessed with her she's far out of his league and she has all these qualities that he can't rid himself of thinking about. Let me ask you one, one clarifying question, because I don't know that much about um, Stuart Onan or, or background on the book. Onan. Onan, sorry. Stuart <laughs> no, Onan. Just Onan. <laughs> um, was this, this wasn't his first. No, no he's no. got like so, a couple dozen on yeah, the very so much So to be published on Penguin for him probably wasn't like a, a huge, or, or is it novel by novel it, in the publishing world? It like, is. is it, it could like, be, I guess, how your contract is. Some people, they'll have a, three book deal or a two book deal but you're largely shopping each one okay unless you have that deal yeah unless you have that deal but 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 most of the time you are just shopping so that wasn't too too elementary of a question no it's absolutely not your listeners in particular (laughs) dude i i thought the same thing for a really i was like ah once you're on because you see these these authors that you read just all their books are on one press right um, so it seems like that uh, that old school Hollywood deal that everybody that people would get. But Only like three writers have that, right? It's correct. Like Stephen King and exactly, and uh, one of them's dead. So who's dead? I don't know. You said there's three that have it. I couldn't think of the other <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think a new existentialism is is, is a really interesting is I, a really interesting take. I think that is a smart way of trying to say what the book is about. <laughs> um, and that's not an, a dig, <laughs> not a dig on Franco by any means. That just I don't think this is about anything. And I think looking at it through that lens of existentialism might be putting more on it than I think what's there. I mean, Manny, as as our protagonist, our hero, he is thinking about his life a lot. But, uh, you know, what's coming after. Particularly his abuelita. Yes. uh, But as a work of art, like, did I do I feel more fulfilled after reading this? Did I learn something about myself or the human condition? I I can say certainly not. Um, what I think Stuart O'Nan s- really succeeded at doing is doing his research. And if you read the acknowledgments, you know he had a yeah. slew of people that he probably was like, "What's it like to work in a?" He he probably it had, took like a year. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like he 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 worked at a Red Lobster for but a he, time. Yeah. And yes. from working in the restaurant business and being actually the Manny type character in a lot of my food service and, uh, you know, bar service mm-hmm. jobs, like his opening checklist of just like running your hand over the ovens to make sure they're off, even though like, you know, you turned them off last night, just all of those things like, wow, Stuart Anana, hats off. You did your due diligence. You created a, a wonderful uh, sense of verisimilitude here. And I feel like that was about it. So. I would I would push back a little bit on that because I was feeling that for for a bit for sure. I loved that I didn't feel like look at what I know. Boom 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 and he's given us this this thing is the like I can put you there because I have this 
information and let me give you that information, which a lot of authors will do if they've done their due diligence mm-hmm. like this. They're like overwhelmed with knowing and they want to just let you know what they know and put you in that place. I don't think he did that. I think he tried to keep it as real as possible. I thought it was an interesting choice that he chooses um, essentially all like felt like everyone was a, a person of color on the staff. Many included, and this is Stuart O'Nan, yeah, who's writing this as a fifty. That's actually why I had a, I had trouble with it. Fifty-one-year-old man, yeah. right? And, and I, I might be on the same team as Nick there. Yeah. So I will say this before we jump, if we want to unpack that larger uh, issue there, um, I did not find this book to be a letdown. I just felt unfulfilled because he is such a good writer, and the story, like just his his writing, was very engaging. Yeah. And I was hooked by the story, and I really couldn't tell why. And then when it was over, and I was like, oh, okay. There was that shift. I I know that shift. Uh, and, you so know. There's, so there's a few of those. There's a few of those in there where, where that, that exists. But I would, um, yeah, I have, a f- I have a few things I'd love to say. But, Nick, uh, yeah. I would love to see what um, you thought, too. <clears throat> so, Daniel's right. The, the, the writing is very good. But it. The story, it was like clerks for soccer moms. Clerks for soccer moms? Yeah. Do and I don't it? mean to like say soccer mom. Let's just say middle-aged adults who go Live to Barnes & Noble and go right to the front yeah. table, right? Yeah. Who pick the front table books. Sure. And they're all perfectly fine books. Like they're, they got all what the, all what they got the good writing. You got the plot arc. You got the right. characters. It's all very good stuff. And like you can't really bash it because it's, it's there. It's good. It's fine. Um, but it's like what had what made clerk so engaging was i don't know i guess it was the dick and fart jokes but it was also absolutely the dick and fart jokes right but like this did not have that comedy i thought was lacking for sure right i thought that would have been such a great right yeah um but i i was also uh i was sort of taken aback by the attempt by mr onan to um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to to get like speech patterns of races that he does not belong to and it sure. felt inauthentic in that regard because I, okay. the restaurant piece was incredibly authentic i i i yeah. bust at uh a, one of the steakhouses uh i can't remember which it, it doesn't like matter it, if you <laughs> name drop an actual they're not going to sue us <laughs> just say it what it, which one was it they go Lone Star was that one? There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I busted a Lone Star, and that shit was real. Yeah, yeah. like that was w- the one with all. That's the one with all the peanuts. No, know? that was uh, Texas Roadhouse. Ah, yeah. I think, yeah, we, yeah. I think we're flipping the. Yeah. Direction. Um, it seemed like a move, right? It's like okay, you're putting abuleta. I, how do you say the word? Abuleta. Abuleta. Like the way Nick's saying it, and then I just said it like an asshole as well. Yeah. You can like I, I felt like that's how Stuart Onan was, <laughs> like writing Onan. I'm glad it's catching on. Yeah. Because uh, he puts it in italics, yeah. and it happens a lot, and it was dropped for like almost no reason. He's like, and I was shoveling the sidewalk. My back was hurting. What would my abuelita say about like? So like, what? I, but what? but I but I I disagree with that actually pretty strongly because I was thinking the the exact same thing. Like, why the fuck is he said abuelita like uh, so many times, right? And as we know, this is the first Christmas without her, and as we also know, this is the woman who raised him. And so when I'm looking at this, I go, what is going on in this story to warrant this abuse of that word? 
essentially, right? And, and, and this constant reference back. And of course, the holidays will do that. But I think what we really have here is, is a guy with daddy issues. And when we look at what he's doing, he is constantly running to women for uh, help to fix his problems, to figure him out, to figure out his life. And so when we're thinking about why the grandmother's referenced so much, it's because it's his mother, one. And two, it's the first holiday without her. He is literally flailing. He has, he has nothing really to hold on to. And the thing that he should be holding on to is essentially a mistake, right? And, and, and that's uh, Deanna, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. His girlfriend yeah. who's pregnant. And mm-hmm. so who doesn't even seem like he even cares about her. No, very little. Right. Manny seems like a real dickhead. So he 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 hard does a guy you want working for you. I'm sorry, because he because he continues to do that. But but I think you know what we're we're seeing here is like that there's that there's more here that that in fact uh, he he's looking to women to to solve his his issues to figure him out, and I don't think he's equipped to deal with the things that are confronting him right now in this uh, sort of like. Uh, middle adulthood that he's entering or, or early adulthood that he's entering and what's happening is that we're seeing uh he has a missing piece he has a gap and i think it's largely what uh uh onan is is, is trying to to put out there Onan, what the fuck <laughs> who fucking cares i think that's i think that's there's got to be a reason right a- a- at the end and and i i would readily say no there wasn't a reason this is a guy who's trying to 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 challenge himself by writing characters that he is not Hmm. culturally a part of Mm -hmm. i would be the first to say that frankly Um, but i I truly don't feel that that's what it is um this is a guy from uh from pittsburgh so clearly he's not engaging with with this group too often i don't think um however that doesn't speak much to the rest of his life right you grew up in pittsburgh but he's gone to school and he's been he's been all over the place so i'm not gonna try and pretend like he, he he doesn't have that experience but i would also say that what i what i do see here is that this is a, this is the end of a lot of things and this is a guy who when this kind of stuff happens it usually does happen one after the other they're all piled on top of one another and if you're not equipped to handle that shit um then, then you're going to be flailing, and he is clearly flailing. I think the reason he's not equipped is because he has some serious father issues. He's dealing with it in a way that is uh, unhealthy because he's not equipped to deal with it. Um, and that, that for me is 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 sort of the bigger the bigger thing that I that I took away. There's a couple other things as well, um, but like you know, we're talking about go back to like Eric Erickson, right? The, the, the talking about cognitive uh, development theory and stuff like that like this is a part what do you look for at this period of your life it's l- literally studied that you're looking for love you're looking for someone to help you find meaning in yourself and your life and it it, it you know stands to reason that these are the decisions that a person who's in that state might be making um and fucking up pretty pretty uh pretty often yeah so I don't know, and, and and that's my my pushback on that. I I just I just felt like, why the fuck is he talking about his grandmother so much? And then, well, pretty clearly she's his only role model, and and she might not have been equipped due to her her age, even like uh, the the fact that she's a woman raising a man. You know that that that's a 
that's a touchy subject. That's something that, that comes up pretty often, and it, it has different camps. I you know? feel like that's you being smarter than what's on the page. Right. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that'd be my pushback to that. <laughs> to me, it just seemed like a, a move. <clears throat> and for the record, I don't think this is like a, a case of cultural appropriation. No, I wouldn't say that. I think this Either, is, a, yeah. is a really valiant effort to capture uh, a group of people working in a certain place. And it feels legitimate. It feels authentic. And the only thing that tripped me up was that sometimes the characters came off as uh, a bit cliche. Um but not I love the cook. Yeah. But again, like there's there were things he said. I was Got like the Supra. I was like, come on, Stu. The <laughs> but they're all they're, they they all are that. Yeah. <laughs> I've right. met so many cooks, they're they're all that cook. So isn't that isn't that like doesn't that validate the fact that things are so cliche in the novel? Like, isn't that like part and parcel with like what the novel is? Like, isn't it doesn't this is doesn't like, isn't this story most of is that like America? A, to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is I don't is a novel a not is it oh is it a worthy piece of art if it just because it's showing a thing in you know very truthful detail and if, it, yeah, if you and look if at Bukowski you could argue that yes he he, yeah, he does he, that all the time and he always gets credited with pushing the art a little bit for, but uh, I feel further like because he's doing pretty much exactly what mm, last night the lobster is doing no is it because it's not hitting a, you, you're a level me post of complexity within the simplicity? Isn't doing that this is? Like it's not thing? getting deep. No, no th I'm saying that this isn't doing what post office does. So I would let's, say so. Let's talk about what what that does that this doesn't mean. Yeah. And and knowing that I don't know that now you in the morning, it's okay. I can just I can just audit this. You can just guide the discussion. Yeah, that's yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Do you want to swing first or what? At what post office lacks that last night at the lobster, or vice versa? Well, I think what post office does is. It's it, it does the thing that that a lot of novels um, do, which I think is actually uh, it brings the art lower, which is essentially to to do something extreme, to have something out there like this shitty, um, perfect little piece of shit that mm -hmm. we read, right? That's Oof. rich person, rich person does this thing. This, there's extreme situation, oh. extreme situation after extreme situation. And, and, and post office is, is, is following the mundane. And then all of a sudden it derails into this super extreme situation, which is just Bukowski getting hammered and going, this is what I did on Thursday. And that's how it ends. You know, and of course there's a lot of circumstances. There. It's his first novel. He writes it in a month or a few weeks or whatever. And there's all these things to it. And he's Bukowski. So there's a lot there, but it, his claim to fame is that he he follows the everyman, he follows the mundane, and 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 he gives it worth by turning it into art, or yeah, calling so, it art. So Daniel, what do you think he does that turns it into art that like this may not, for instance, do? Uh, well, I can certainly sense in Post Office, uh, Bukowski was in his fifties. It seemed like an explode. It was his first album. He's in his fifties. Let me let me finish. Can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah, we're that's references that we're getting old. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. <laughs> um, Post Office was Bukowski's first album. It was his first novel, but there was like an explosion of this is my shit that I'm putting in this condensed uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an urgency, a yearning, um, a melancholy. Uh, quality there's a darkness post that office. pervades pervades yeah. post office yeah uh that resonated and in last night the lobster i feel like yeah he's he was maybe not so much hitting those same tones so much as like tickling them and rubbing his fingers across him like you know let me try to Is tap into that thing uh 
but I don't feel like Stuart Onan um, is writing this from the gutter. This is some that you know, is what I was going to agree with. Middle you. class mm. guy who I know That's for a fact the protagonist is the manager can write for a living, and you know maybe he wasn't writing for a living so you know wholly when he uh, uh, published this one, but he was only a couple of years away from that. You know, he yeah, said he's his, got a couple dozen novels. Yeah, he he said as much during his um, keynote speech, and that was in yeah. two thousand. Thirteen, maybe or fourteen, thirteen, and he was like, "Yeah, it was only a couple of years ago I could finally write full time." So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it it just seemed to come from a place where someone's just trying to tell a story rather than someone sharing a story. If that makes sense to you, okay, I, I can. Hmm. Is it, and I think that one thing that threw me was that he was the manager, mm. and I tend to align with the workers far more than I would the person. Because I don't know, I didn't, and Daniel, you said you've been in that position of, of, of being in charge. I never liked that. If you're the frozen food manager and the seafood manager, you're the manager of yourself. You never see the person who comes in after you. You leave and they come in because there's only two people in the department usually. So like, and, and even that I didn't feel comfortable with. Like I don't, I don't really like that, that role so much. And I feel like here that was one thing that did throw me. Like the, the perspective was such that, I didn't um I didn't necessarily align with Manny so much I aligned with the circumstance and I felt myself feeling more aligned with the circumstance than the than the character I'd agree with you on that which which Absolutely. yeah which which I I think does keep you out of something of an arm's length with the with the story as a whole mm-hmm. and I think that's why in a lot of ways I kept looking at at sort of the grander picture of it as opposed to being able to be in and walking uh, with Manny. <clears throat> I would agree with that. I would also agree with Daniel that I think I might have just hit on what is missing for me. And I think it's, it all feels very real, but it's missing the blood and the guts. Like the, the, I totally thought the boyfriend was going to come back. <laughs> well, I, like I was, in, I was, in, something. I you was in I mean? reference like I, to, like, I thought we were, we were going to get something where, Sorry. Uh, sorry. I was just in thinking of like what what makes the books that are feel profound to me feel profound to me, mm-hmm. and it's it's the it's the moments that make the characters just sing, and I don't know if it has that. Like Tom Spanbauer, he gets the people's guts by showing you their guts by literally having them tell you their most horrific thoughts. Yeah, the um, madam's legs get cut off. <clears throat> It's just very cyber <laughs> specific. <laughs> it's just it's um it's real but for the front table at Barnes and Noble. Okay. That Valid. makes any sense. Valid. Yeah. yeah, I mean I think the most action we see is uh is in tension that builds and dissipates. Actually doesn't uh come to a head. I did love that we don't get why Jackie's staying there for as long as she is, why she even showed up uh, until, you know, of course, the the very end when, she, you know, she gives him back the the necklace or whatever. And um, and I love that they're both 
super tense to be around. It's super tense for each of them to be around one another the entire time. Like I felt that. And you definitely know that feeling where like you, you want to say something, you know, you have to say a, a, a something or you, you want to do a thing, but you don't know what the thing is that you need to do. And you go and you're thinking to yourself in the moment, I'll, yeah, I'll do it. Very well. I'll know, yeah. I'll know what to good. do when I, when I'm there. I thought that was really a, a, a shining piece for him. Um, and I think really the, the most action we see is when uh, like you, Franco mm-hmm. texts me about the, Somebody slice my fucking leather jacket. I yeah. rip them apart. <laughs> right. But that I think actually that was where I made the note um, about the the and I kind of linked that with the grandmother being referenced all the time. I'm like, what's going on here? And I'm seeing like kind of like men with daddy issues because I'm looking at Fredo and he you know, Manny says that Fredo reminds him of a younger self. So Manny's trying to be something of a mentor or father to this dude who literally slices his jacket uh, on his way out and is sort of like a petulant child because he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions and feelings. And and I, I look at Fredo as like another example of these like um, boys who can't become men because they don't have a they don't have an example. They don't have mm-hmm. a way to do it. And uh, and and I think that for me kind of really solidified that I've, I've made a note of like grandmother died and she's replaced by Roz, you know, and uh, it, it seems to be about, you know, f- father figures and, and, you know, why the, the women in his life just don't ever answer the questions he needs answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, good. Oh, yeah. no, I was, no, you, you respond. Yeah. So two, two things. One, was he using Abuelita to talk about, his grandmother throughout the novel because it felt to me like he was using that to talk about um Jackie was he was he using that to, to talk about Jackie ever at all so like no, when I he's think thinking about just her, about his grandmother right that it then segues yeah. into like it, it got confusing to me like some like he would like the way it shifted so like frequently but anyway yeah. you can edit that out um don't tell us what to do <laughs> <laughs> My jeez. So listening to you guys talk about this, I'm thinking like, you know, with with Nick saying, uh, you know, um, not to put if I'm interpreting what you were saying correctly, like, you know, um, that we're just not getting the depth of character development. We're not getting a depth of understanding about the characters and what they're going through and and all that. I wonder whether like this novel is about like is about setting like it's it's just an exploration of a particular setting and like the characters are super second to some extent like super secondary to that setting mm-hmm. right yeah. like they just kind of move in and out of this space the setting slash circumstance circumstance yes yes yeah. okay yeah certain cir- cir- setting slash circumstance that, that would make sense well that that's actually a really nice point like i mean uh, those places exist for a time and go away people work there for it's a transient. time and go away yeah yeah, that that's actually a, a, a note that that I made. It feels Don't, like your home, and then gone. Right, somebody that you know it, that it's not their home. They make the decision to yeah. evict you. Yeah, I almost felt like I was the protagonist. This, like, I was standing there watching all this happen mm-hmm. in a way of like it. I think it like connected me to my past lives and doing this kind of work, where I was like, oh yeah, like. Look at this manager doing this. I could have been a customer there watching this mm-hmm. go down. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I feel like that maybe was had some power for me in terms of, of the novel. And and the more I hear you guys really explore, like, you know, the things that really didn't resonate or, or, or weren't, you know, particularly maybe well executed or could have been executed more fully or things like that. Um, 
uh, I'm getting a better kind of feeling too for how I might might have ex- how I experienced this novel, you know. But I yeah. think it was captivating to me, and and I I I, I was a, it was a fast read. I was uh, I, I read it in a single sitting, and and uh, it moved me quickly through. I was moved quickly through it, which I think he did a nice job, you know, in, in terms of that. But yeah. maybe what captivated me was actually just my own like history and like being cast into this place that that made sense to me on in, on certain levels in terms of circumstance and setting. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe that right there is what the fuck the book's about. Yeah, Con- that that connection, right? Yeah, I and guess. that's well, I some I, would make <laughs> it though, and some might. I mean, it might not. I mean, it depends on the reader, right? I, I don't know. I think yeah. it's a very American thing, the Red Lobster. We've all been to Red Lobsters if we all didn't work in food service. Or like yeah, that. sure. And and one of the notes that I made was like the the lobster will will always be there. There's this feeling that the lobster will always be there, and it's like beyond nostalgia, like that fleeting hit of dopamine that we get from a, a thing that we are familiar with and that holds that place for us. It's like this idea of mediocrity or the safety school or the fallback position, like that that is a constant in America. That's a very real thing that doesn't exist everywhere. Like America has the notion of the fallback position, the safety mm-hmm. school, like these mm-hmm. things that you can always do if you don't do the thing that you want to do. And and that's not the way it is everywhere. And for me, the, there's like this idea of, of just this thing where we can put ourselves a little bit above it and, and we're not fully there. But look at it. We are fully there. And, and, and maybe that's sort of the, the, the comment that, that kind of was sticking out to me where, like, you see these, um, like, I don't know, I, I kind of started to get a little political in my head, but, like, you st- how you see some, some poor white people align themselves with millionaires before the people of other races who are in the same position as themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and this, this way that we can sort of, like, elevate, uh, uh, that people think to elevate themselves above whatever they're actually doing because it's only temporal and it's only temporal. Mm-hmm. But, in fact, it, 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 it kind of, everything in the moment you're doing it is, is, is it then. That's what you're doing. So why not, maybe that's why Manny's putting himself in it because why not really do it because you're here to do it. So yeah. do it. You know, I think you're smarter than the book. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> should be the title for this, uh, this yeah. episode. My, fi- <laughs> my final thought is that Nick Mahalik is way smarter than last night, the lobster. And uh, you make it sound a way, I don't want to say better cause it's not bad, but you make it sound more like there's more happening than there is. Um, and, uh, <laughs> kudos to you. You have, a, you have a very, uh, uh, active and, um, oh <laughs> I feel like we're about to get like a third grade, like teacher's <laughs> estimation of a You have kid. a great he's imagination. An ima- he's an active mind. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> he's got to sit the fuck down. Butt in the seat. <clears throat> Butt in the seat already. Uh, Mrs. Mahalik, would you just, l- t- please. I'll look get away. Get this kid in I'll look away. Get the wooden spoon. All I'm saying. <laughs> I got to go plastic. The wooden will break after a few whacks. <laughs> um, so my final thought is Don't that. And uh, I'm going to have to align myself with Nick Gregorio a little bit. I'm going to just kind of usurp your uh, your thoughts. I think this is like a whitewashed version of slumming it. So if like middle class people wanted to be a tourist and to, ooh, I wonder what it's like to... Uh, you know, so when they go to the Red Lobster or wherever chain restaurant they're going to on their Friday or Saturday night where they treat the people like shit or like I could see somebody that lives in. Um, where do you live, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> 
Flower Town? I could see someone that lives in um, Flower Town, <laughs> um, like going to a chain restaurant <laughs> after this, and like, like talking to the waiter, be it like with a wink, like, "Oh, who's I'm on with the, you, man? Who's on the bake today?" You know, like feeling like they know what's going on. You know, what's up, Ty? Yeah, what's up, Ty? What's my uh, dude, Ty? Well, without knowing shit. Hmm. Yeah, you you certainly usurped me there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think it's 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 a it's a perfectly fine little book that it, it's it's good, you know. It just doesn't have the meat and potatoes <laughs> from uh, Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> Lone Star. Perhaps Long if it were set in a Lone Star. <laughs> <laughs> it would have a little bit more. Uh, say, I definitely <laughs> picked Longhorn too. Longhorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me let me add one um, addition to, to my thought. Um, this is not a bad book. No, it's not. This not by a, any stretch. This is a fine book, and if I wrote it, I would be very happy that if I if I wrote this. Because a lot of people would buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it mo- I mean, and the thing that your book uh, does have in common with this is is you you read it really quickly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the pacing is, is. Yeah. Yeah. You're moving. And you don't stop moving. Yeah. The only time I stopped moving was when it was done. Well, it was done. <laughs> <laughs> Frago, final thoughts? When I stopped to wipe. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <Jeez. Woo. laughs> uh, Watch it <laughs> with the first three pages. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, final thoughts. I just hearing your final thoughts um, and kind of riffing on that. I, I I don't know. I don't know what if if there's an intended audience for this novel or like i don't know who might just pick this up and read it which is interesting to me you know based on what's there um probably people who have worked in this i think that's kind of interesting yeah so that's that's all i got the the artwork is beautiful i should mention that yes i mean i guess i wouldn't expect less from um you know one of the big five sure yeah yeah um yeah i i i echo a lot of these things i you know like you're saying i i might have um I might have been digging in a little bit, but I, I, I do think that that when we're looking at what is what is happening on a on a large scale here, um, it does seem to feel like there's more to it. And I think what we're saying with this connection to the characters of the possibility of it being an authentic is and could be uh, a 2019 read. Um, and that we're we're seeing things in this in this way because we now see things in this way, um, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that's that's something that is happening and going to continue to happen. And and it's interesting to think of literature acclimating and 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 how it will move because there are so many books when students ask me to borrow a book that I literally have to check myself, check myself, check myself, check myself. Faulkner, uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, and you just go through this list, and you and you and you and you're like, wow, you know, like like, what will a student who has even more profound thoughts on on this thing, uh, how much time will they give it? What will they give it? You know, um, and and is it worth that? I the one thing that I'll say to you guys' point is um, that bothered me was uh, that the the lottery tickets went throughout the entire book, and were so directly connected to the characters. It was like the traits of the character. Each lottery ticket mm-hmm. was a direct trait to a character. Um, and the and the, the secondary people fall off along the way because they're leaving because it's the last day and who fucking cares and it's a storm. And, and then you're left with this core, you know, family that you've made in this fabricated but sincerely real place. And then 
it fizzles to nothing. It's, are these people nothing? That left me wanting. That was like the one thing where I was like, I was like, man, of a setup, what could have what could have been there? Um, and so I think that that that's a missed opportunity to really kind of bring it together and give some give some true substance to the lobster. Um, but I do think it is a good read and and um, quite an entertaining one as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still say if you cut my fucking leather coat from from top to bottom, you're Jesus fucking Christ. Dead. What a <laughs> bullshit move <laughs> like like a like a windshield's a windshield but your leather coat man like you've broken that in there's all sorts of that takes that. time yeah you can't that's, significant yep it'd be like you like i don't know putting a screwdriver through the sole of my boot or taking a leak on a carpet uh, that really ties the room together yeah. sorry jesus we had to go there huh? yeah, of course <laughs> <laughs> of course um let's move forward to daniel's Favorite Canadian singer, Rufus Wayne, uh, Leonard Cohen. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, closely so, followed by uh, Ryan Adams. I'm kidding, Brian Adams. So Daniel, you chose this, and I'm gonna let you introduce the man, the myth, the dearly departed, Leonard Cohen. Uh, this album just came out. It's his posthumous album. Thanks for the dance. Um, I chose it because I'm just a huge Leonard Cohen fan. Uh, took a while for me to really get into Leonard Cohen. Um, I liked him enough, and then during that last kind of grand tour that he that he went on, I mm-hmm. think I saw him it was 2009 or 10. He came to Philly. Uh, I was l- lucky enough to get like third row seats, and uh, wow, through a friend whose you know neighbor best friend is you know like head of XPN. Doesn't matter. Yeah, got him. It was great. <laughs> um, and I think we just... We don't think you're any, uh, you know... I mean, I didn't get them, you know? Yeah. I'm not special, but... You ain't hot shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come on, dude. Seeing him live and then hearing the songs in that setting and then also just being so close to him. Uh, he was doing this shit? No, not this. I was going to say, not wow. This. Um, this stuff probably wasn't written yet. Um, but hearing his music... Uh, you know, I think sometimes you like music, but you're not ready to receive it. And mm. uh, put that on a bumper sticker. That night, I received the gift of Leonard Cohen. I just been, you know, he's been my dude for the past. Um, yes. I guess what is it? Seven, eight years? Nine years? Ten years? Yeah. What year is it? It's ten years. How old am I? Yeah, that's a um, that's a real. I, I like. I I really like like what you said there. Eloquent. Yeah, that was eloquently put. I I totally agree. Sometimes you're not ready to receive it, and if you do open yourself up to it. You, it's you great. can really change your whole fucking world. So his last album, uh, You Want It Darker, came out three weeks before he died. He was 84 years mm-hmm. old. And that was uh, really his swan song. Like He oversaw all of that. I like that one. It's, it's like Bowie's really uh, good. Black Star. Black Star, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, same year, too. Same Bowie's year, was yeah. in January. His was in, in November. Um Bookended the year. Sure did. So when he was recording that, he was dying. He knew he was dying. He had, I, I'm almost positive it was liver cancer or pancreatic cancer. I think it was liver cancer. Um, and his son, Adam Cohen, is a pretty accomplished musician in his own right. And they worked together. Leonard Cohen was sitting in like some medical chair mm-hmm. in his home in Los Angeles. They turned his living room um, into a studio and they recorded 
you want it darker. Cohen oversaw, you know, all of it with his meticulous detail. But while they were doing that, he just had all of these other songs and poems, and he knew that he was not going to live to to see them come to completion. God, it must be crazy. And uh, what was keeping him alive was the work. You know, he had he knew he had so much more art to put out there, and this was his final kind of breathing. It's his final breath. Um, his son just had him record what he would have wanted to be his next album to a metronome. And some ideas were maybe a little bit more sketched out and fleshed out than others. Um, like the waltz I felt like yeah. was definitely... Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some where you can tell it's like, oh, that's clearly him just reciting yeah. to yes, a beat exactly. and then they just put music under it. But... Um, it's much this better than the doors. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That Easy. Easy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus Christ. Wait, holy that. shit. Which one? The one where he, uh, it was all his recorded poms from before. Oh, yeah, died. American then, Prayer. Then, yeah, geez. Yeah, that was, listen. I never liked the doors. Fucking break. Yeah. Um, that's Cohen crushes are different this cast. Is, this yeah. is a much different thing, yeah. yeah. So his son did a really uh, honorable job of mm-hmm. not, uh, I, mean, I guess we should say that this is not a scraping of the barrel of unrecorded or this unreleased tracks like or B-sides. Coda. It's certainly not. Mm-hmm. These were things that were, uh, uh, I guess, manifested with intention, and they were left to Adam Cohen to to see to fruition, and he mm-hmm. did with the help of Christ. Let me just get so my list up. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many, like probably 20 or 30 yeah. different musicians came in, yeah. um, but the most notable Christ ones... <laughs> um, well, he he comes up in the he lyrics a couple the harmonica. of times. Uh, he actually played the Jew harp. <laughs> uh, Daniel, How did he take that. <laughs> well, like if you could see Nick's face right now. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say it bad. Yeah, I, th- yeah. You can say I was just taken up. I was taken aback. You can say Jew harp. That's the, the name of the instrument. instrument. I yeah. never heard of it. <laughs> it stunned me a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, among the notab- the most notable musicians that were on the album, uh, Beck uh, helped out, Jennifer Warnes, mm-hmm. Damian Rice, Leslie Feist, who, little bonus, um, oh, Feist does a oh, so beautiful, beautiful rendition of Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye. It is like... There uh, was the the one... The greatest. The one track <laughs> that she's on where she does that like lilting backing vocal... Mm-hmm. I literally was thinking, God, if the next go is like real, just beautiful, light female vocals. Oh, there, 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 there. <laughs> I couldn't, I like couldn't handle it. I got to pull over. I almost fucking did. It was awesome. It was going slow enough that I just Thank could, God there's could an rage. emergency pull off lane. Yeah. I could rage by myself and yeah. the fast lane going slow. So this is a very, very short album. It comes in under 30 minutes, 29 minutes long. Yeah. And um, from what I know from Cohen, which I mean, I've, I've listened to, I don't know what I've been searching for, man. I sometimes put on just one of his songs and I put on repeat for hours. Like, wow, that's weird. And I'm just looking for something. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what it is. Um, Cohen, during his last interviews, I listened to probably as many of them as I could possibly find. And his, his breathing is belabored. I mean, it takes him forever to get out of sentence we all listen to the album yeah mm-hmm. oh well the out al- well, his <laughs> interviews yeah um no i was making a joke about how oh gotcha yeah. his voice has changed significantly yeah. in this album mm-hmm. um cool. his the the, the, uh, the the track that closes this album listening to the hummingbird mm-hmm. it's a yes. poem yeah that's Absolutely. a poem yeah that is it is it a 
is it a poem for the ages? Is it a great poem that where you can dissect both? Clearly, yeah. poems. Yeah. Um, I I probably argue not, but his message it's his parting gift and i think that's his you've got to look at this album through this lens thanks for the dance uh listen to the hummingbird people have looked to leonard cohen pretty much ever since he's started much like how i just said i listened to his music on you know and repeat looking for some answers people have looked to cohen for answers and i and i love that his last words are listen to the hummingbird don't listen, listen to, to me don't listen to me yeah listen to the voice of god don't listen to me. Um, and I feel like that's such a beautiful, purposeful, s- very sad, full of wisdom, just, I guess, goodbye, you know? But I think that he bookends the album really, really well. Because if we look at the start, I was always working steady, but I never called it art. I got my shit together, meeting Christ and reading Marx. It failed my little fire, but it spread the dying spark. Oh, tell the young Messiah what happens to the heart. And then it's over and over again, and heart sounds like art every time he fucking says it. Mm. Right? What happens to the art is what I was hearing the whole time. And that's and what on is purpose. the difference? Obviously, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. What's the difference between the heart and art, right? We're really what is the fucking difference, right? Some we let people see, some we don't. And I think that uh, to, to start with that and then end it with Listen to the Hummingbird, mm-hmm. I thought it was just such a beautiful pill that he, he sends out there for us to swallow. It's interesting. Yeah. He picks it up, too, with like the, uh, the pun in the, the Night of Santiago, right? Mm-hmm. Like N-I-G-H-T. That's my favorite right? track Dude, on the, the whole the thing. the guitar on that is just oh, God. magnificent. And I was, I was watching. To, I think to that's the hand clap percussion. The guitar, that's, that's Javier Myers, right? Well, then, I, no. but yeah. <laughs> Who, what? Yeah. I just okay, um, he's fucking with me. I caught like a uh, I caught like a, yeah. I, I, I caught like a YouTube like uh, I don't know a fifteen minute kind of um, documentary snapshot they did on the album mm-hmm. where they talked to oh shit that's cool his son um, yeah it's it's really cool and and they talked to his son about the process and everything and he's great to listen to isn't he yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it really is and like they they um they were talking about the different the various musicians who came in to to do these session this session work and. And their kind of initial engagement with what you know um, was being presented to them, you know, in these in, in these poems and in and with Conan, and uh, like they said that uh, one one of the artists like put the, the headphones on. I, I should have taken notes and, and actually have the names of who these people were that were, were were commenting in this way. But she put the headphones on. It might have been Feist. She sure. put the headphones on. She was like, "What is this?" She's like, "He's he's gone." Like. Where, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Like you know, and yeah. uh, they said that uh, when he on the night of Santiago, when he sat down and started playing the, the guitar, they said he was actually like, like moved, like crying, mm-hmm. like when he started playing because it was he was like, I never thought I'd get to play with Leonard again. Yeah, like oh, so funny. it was like it was it was really uh, really in, yeah, uh, moving to me. I, I'm a I'm a Leonard Cohen infant, you know. I I, I he's just never been on my on my radar. And yeah, uh, I don't listen to much. And I think either. listening to this album just in pr- preparation for for this for you guys welcoming me here today, like, um, I, I'm like I, I gotta like get this album and I gotta like explore it. Mm-hmm. You know, this. I, yeah. And I I would argue, um, if you like this album, that's okay. uh, hats off to you. Uh, yeah. Not because it's bad by any okay. means. Um, uh, the Pitchfork review, which you guys, uh, you're listening, you can look it up. I feel like that hits mm-hmm. it perfectly. And they only gave it, what, 6.9? Uh, right? Something like that. Which is not like, that, yeah. not like a yeah. crazy high score, but it's not bad. But everything they say is perfect. Yeah. Um, 
you want it's a well done interview yeah you want it darker his previous album the one that he's completely Mm -hmm. oversaw and that he wrote with his son Mm -hmm. is is definitely his masterpiece okay that is a great album and this this is like a like an ethereal just kind of hand from the grave just kind of you know him really like a thanks for the dance here's my final you know, it's like the echo of his last sigh or something. It's a well done it. coda. It's it a, certainly you know, it's like is. A, like a, yeah, got it. It's, okay, cool. I, I think it's 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 like it is art. I I I don't know. I I wouldn't have given it six point nine. Probably like I'd give it higher. I would I'd probably give, like give an it eight nine. Frankly, yeah. because the the it's just so thoughtful and 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 it's beautiful and it's not so so. What I love about this album is that we move from start to finish and we are like literally on something of a journey we're moving but like there's the landscape remains much of the same mm-hmm. and that's really fucking cool to see how much you can do I, that's why I, I like minimalism in that way where you can see how much you can do with less and he doesn't have much he's not using many many tools yeah, they don't trample you know? over they don't trample his over his voice is, yeah. is 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 i want to say oh, yeah. it's like a 70 30 right it's like voice and lyrics and that's where your ear is drawn and then the rest just kind of like um fills in around it it's like a like a delicious meringue <laughs> i love that you just said that <laughs> that was wonderful that's what it feels like yeah nick well, we haven't heard from you what are your thoughts on this uh, I'm, my man I'm, outside of leonard cohen records my mom listened to throughout my life growing up uh, for the for the listeners parents. at home nick's mother is in, impossibly cool Dude, my mom we know this play Black Sabbath for me in the dark basement. It's fucking great. Anyway, um, I'm I'm like Franco. This isn't something that I would actively seek out, but I listened to this and what was the other one that came out? You want it darker? Yeah. yeah. And I was Spotify very, puts that right up next. I was very much moved in a lot of different ways uh, that I can't really describe at the moment because of well, especially uh, if you're one who gotta, makes art, yeah. I think it's impossible to listen to Leonard Cohen and having ever made art or pursued art or, or even considered it to to not really want to listen again and, and feel like there's like I, I felt like lifted a little bit mm-hmm. like shit, like do something because I, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. not be. You can force yourself to keep listening, but I really feel that uh I, I truly believe like it, how it came to me is how it has to come to you. Yeah. Is it, you have to be in the moment. Oh, great. Great. Because it's impossible <laughs> now. There's no fucking way. Well, it was you funny, need to like be a in a transcendental <laughs> moment. <laughs> on the, on the and way maybe here, it'll happen to you. Maybe it won't. Yeah. mushrooms, <laughs> eight or caps, and you got to fucking. <laughs> well, on the way Third here. Third row, baby. Listen, I'm not, I'm not advocating for fish not here. Second, okay? Not fourth. <laughs> third row. <laughs> only third. <laughs> or one of the balconies. Adjacent to the stage. <laughs> Sorry. On the way here. Is that was, what I sounded like? <laughs> yeah. No. You sound like my head. That's all. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm going to try it again. Nick. On the way here. From Flower was, Town. <laughs> on the way here from Flower Town in the horrendous, rainy Philadelphia traffic. Yeah. Flower Town traffic. It was cold, it, dark. <laughs> Everyone heading to their uh, right, you know what? friendlies. I'm sorry, Nick. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, the friendlies. <laughs> It is Friday. I need to get me is to the Applebee's. Too, which is fucking crazy. Uh. It just closed. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. You know what? Yeah, I don't we'll, have anything yeah. to say. We'll take it over again. That was me with a, one of those checkered uh, movie markers. All right. <laughs> uh, on the way here, uh, it was rainy, dark, cold, and miserable outside. You know, Absolutely. I'm stuck in traffic. It, 
Flower Town is not that far from here. I know. Um, <laughs> and it was, it's just moving stuff. I don't know. I, I can't. I have a. When I'm new, so new to a thing. Right. It's, it's really hard to describe how I am moved, only that I was mm-hmm. in a fairly profound way. Yeah. Where I'm kind of like, I'm pretty sure I could cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, given uh, that this particular album, too, has all this background information that it's got this... Uh, it comes with a lot of baggage. stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it, it comes with a lot of expectation, though, mm-hmm. as well. For it to deliver with that much expectation, I think, is, 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 is a, a mark. Yeah, that's that's really a mark of, of, of Adam Cohen. He's really doesn't get his praise. I mean, how can you? You know, well, yeah, well. like Jacob Dylan. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, man. Yeah. The only difference <laughs> is that my father <laughs> wasn't very good. So, well, let me say this. Uh, I will say the arc of Cohen's voice mimics that of Bob Dylan pretty significantly. Yeah, I, I mean, the 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 dude is is rough uh, you don't listen to it for his voice i mean i think you kind of eventually you do well here's the thing though if if you're not used because i'm used to older cohen i only started listening mm-hmm. to him when when i met you and you uh sang his praises so so often um annoyingly often and <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i kid but um yes. but really that was what made me what made me start listening to him and i can get you in like maybe the 30th row the uh <laughs> <laughs> The the I Three like zero. I like that and and his voice isn't the the gravelly you fucked up your voice like like say you know Dylan or like mine is you know because you got nodes and you're fucked his is 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 more just like a a worn and jagged piece of wood as opposed to um, shitty concrete yeah you know and and I think that that's something that that really came through where when he gets close to the mic. And you hear the texture of his voice. I really love that because the voice is the central thing. Your ear is drawn to that. Like I said, it's like a seventy thirty, and um, it's very earnest. There's a, he he he's too old and too honest to pull any fucking punches and pretend to be anything but that. Mm. You know, and that's the thing that I actually really like. A lot of people. I saw Dylan in like two thousand one or something or two thousand two at the Spectrum. It was a, a brilliant show and all the old heads and i fucking snuck onto the floor like uh you know as you do as like one true does. punks yeah. T-R-U-P-U-N-X. <laughs> yeah, <there you're> <laughs> right and uh and and but the thing about that he was 10 feet away and um and i remember all the old heads in the in the pit who had paid for the pit tickets and all that stuff just really shitting on his voice and i was like but look at him I mean, he might as well have tears right. in his eye. He's not fucking around. Like he's he's as honest as he can be right now, and he is putting it all out there. He's actually playing the guitar. Like he played for three and a half hours. Like he's putting it there. And I wouldn't doubt that Cohen would do the same exact thing. I don't have the the he, privilege to ever see him, but from he someone did who has for like three or four years straight. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And but you can hear to hear that through an album. I think is a rare thing these days because when we talk about albums anymore. Anybody could make them, and you can, frankly, manufacture genuineness. You can manufacture a tone now, and 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 we can tell. I think when that's mm-hmm. happening, yeah. And and you know, uh, you listen to these albums, Black Star and this stick out to me right off the bat, mm-hmm. probably for the same reason. 
I think like the presence that his voice has in the album, and and I would imagine this is all his son's doing, you know, in in, in production and, and you know mastering and, and that process. Like, it's like, um, and you know, the only thing that comes to me, it's like it's like the voice of like the Metatron, like it's like the voice of God almost, like coming through. Like it's the, the way that it just kind of you know appears, yeah, th- with the music behind it. Kind of to your point about the way the music envelops his voice, you know what yep. I mean? But it reminded me when I was listening to it, right or wrong, of like the later moments in Johnny Cash's career. I mean, yeah, he's a bar- the American recording. He's a baritone, you know, and yep. and you know, at the end, he was was talking his way through a lot of a lot of you know mm-hmm. a lot of, of what he would do hurt, at the especially very end. springs yeah, to mind, you know. Rusty Cage, uh, and you Oof. know, I mean, <laughs> something else. He's he's carried by the music, you know, in in a lot of those instances, mm-hmm. but. I was like, oh, like he, like it reminded me of that tenor, but like done at a whole other level. Like, you know, um, and I don't know if it's the production, it's just the person, whatever, but it's the style of music, you know. Yeah, that's true. But um, I was just like, wow, like it's like he's speaking directly into my brain like yeah, when I'm listening to him like or or, sing, or singing you know and, yeah and it was kind of interesting I didn't know that he did it with a metronome and things like that the 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 small documentary that I watched mentioned that he was in in that chair that he, that he had to record in and that he had a laptop next mm-hmm. to him you know and, and and did these recordings but I was wondering listening to him I was like how did he get you know because he 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 moves towards tonality in a lot of ways in, in different areas it's not just spoken word you know he's, he's yeah. singing and uh and so I was like you know, I, it just it just felt like a um a, a much more perfected version of a, a man with you know a, a very deep kind of range. Yeah. Um, at the end of his life and career. You yeah. Know, um, presenting this 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 um this this voice. Is know, it voice an assuredness? Know. Let me ask you this. It, again, I don't listen to Leonard Cohen. Um, was his voice always in the baritone range? No. If you uh, listen oh. to his early works. Oh, yeah. Um, Su- was it Suzanne? Suzanne was his ones? was his first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you listen, so "Bird on a Wire" is a beautiful song. I think that's off his like second or th- even third and album. I've probably heard a lot of Cohen. Yeah, I don't yeah, even, like, definitely have, yeah. have. Yeah, some of it is like it's almost so dissonant right away that if I'm introducing someone to Cohen, like I won't put, you know, okay, a yeah. song that you will eventually come to like beloved. Sure, but like right yeah. away, it's like ooh. I know what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not the one to start with. And he, he knew it. Um, he's always had, and he called them his angels, from you know track one, mm-hmm. he's always had a chorus of just perfect, beautiful singing women behind him. Got it. So that's sort of like a trope throughout all of his... Uh, but he was more up in the tenor range, like in, in terms of where he was not Maybe or? not like a high tenor. Okay. Um, what's right. what's right below tenor? Like an alto? No, uh, no, alto no, it would be tenor, tenor then, then and baritone. then baritone. So, yeah. so kind of a high baritone. Like, or, a, or mid, like a mid, okay. whatever the... Right. Whatever the that bridge is there. Yeah, between because okay. he, he wasn't right. like hitting it high. It was not as low like as high this, A though, by any means. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so, like, but yeah, that voice of God, man, like th- that 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 was the image that I kept thinking about. It's yeah. Like, it's kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. The 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 confidence and the assuredness that comes through, and I I was thinking about it now as you guys were talking, like, I didn't consider when I was listening to it how much of an influence. Uh, the love of a son might have on it, and perhaps that's our mm. that's our theme here. Uh, is is that actually is perhaps what's making it like maybe that's how he heard his father, and so that's how we hear him now. So, it, uh, yes, um, Adam well, Cohen, confirmation. <laughs> he wanted to do it, 
and he didn't want anybody else to do it because he knew exactly i mean he's he's on record for saying this he knew exactly what leonard would have wanted and exactly what he would have hated presumptuous he didn't (laughs) (laughs) he didn't want to just put give these tracks to you know whatever columbia whoever put this out you know here make this thing scrape the vault you know he that's also why leonard cohen uh bequeathed this i guess challenge this uh i don't know this quest upon his son yeah finish this for me global god's obstacle course what what do any of you know daniel maybe in particular about compositionally how this was done so did his son write all the songs or or so i've been searching for Mm -hmm. weeks trying to find that out the best I can find is that a lot of these were sketches that Leonard um, wrote while he was still alive, and how much of that Adam helped him with, I don't really know. Um, all the credits it says all songs written by Leonard Cohen, and then yeah. the track like the personnel track list. And this is Adam Cohen just plays guitar and like does some background stuff. So, how much compositionally? I mean, I some of these were legit just vocal tracks. I know. That I they was thinking that the musicians to. who came in actually yeah. were, were like getting together and writing yeah. something around this. But well, I well, that's like that's the basement happened. tape things is what yeah. I was thinking of initially, like what they did with Dylan's mm-hmm. uh, basement tapes where they had that whole documentary of T-Bone Walker yeah. and all these guys mm-hmm. came in and, 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 and did versions of these things and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And so it doesn't it doesn't feel like that in any, in any stress. It feels, you know, because Cohen is one of those dudes that's like, and this gets thrown around all the time, like you're the punk rock of this, you're the punk rock of that. But like, this is a guy with a very, I think, specific vision that that he continually sees through. And I don't claim to know a whole lot about him, but in listening to what I've listened to, it definitely seems Comes like through. that. Yeah. Um, so what I think this does that speaks to the strength of what is a song, and uh, also the reverence with which the musicians uh, partook in this experiment. Uh, enterprise would be a word Leonard Cohen would use. Engage. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's the comic relief. What's missing from the lobster, that's for sure. So um, that they don't take credit, that all credits are due to Leonard Cohen, even if he didn't write the music. It wouldn't exist without him. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of what is a song, right? Well, a song, it's like, well, I wrote the music. Well, is that a song? Well, I wrote the lyrics. Well, is that a song? What? How I think of a song is this, intangible thing that exists when all the pieces align uh then you have this idea Mm -hmm. of song not the actual thing you're listening to or playing and i think that leonard he had the idea of all of these songs whether or not they were fully fleshed out so um uh, and that, that that bubble of song just sort of enveloped the musicians as they they so they weren't actually they weren't writing the song the song was already there and they were just Filling it in. It's mm-hmm. like when you played the <laughs> MS DOS <laughs> Dune 2 and you had that map in the corner mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. dark as night until I feel like this is more than I've said this more than once <laughs> somehow, but it was dark <laughs> as night and then you send your people out to explore and it starts getting filled in. Starcraft yeah. does that too. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, old exactly school, like that. That's old what school I video game. That's what I was trying to say shit. and you said it better. Leonard Cohen is okay. very much like StarCraft. I'm the just, smart guy this just, time. Who's yeah. just like to do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody have final thoughts on this? Are we there for finals? For finals? Yeah. Uh, you made me think of what I was, uh, what, what this made me consider which, I, consider, which I was really, really pleased with, which was, you know, 
where do we where do we do we draw a line between um, song and and art? When does a song become art? Um, because I think a lot of times uh, songs can be fleeting, songs can be hits, and songs can be this, and songs can be that, but they don't necessarily always bridge that gap and become art. Though music is art, it, it's 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 not that I want to put labels on things, but I think that there's a um, profundity or profoundness mm. that that happens at times mm, that profundity. pushes things that pushes things mm, profundity mm, banana i like three laffy taffies and a profundity please what's in this uh mm. profundity is that profundity profundity no it's a turkish delight um oh man <laughs> those shits are good <laughs> mm, but i i did i did i did start thinking Appalachian about this mountains. when i was listening to this album and i i, I thought um I don't know if anybody else ever can thinks about that or considers that, but I know I've been struck a number of times where I've been like, ah, God damn it, what a thing to have made! Like, how do you, how do you, how do you move on? How do you, how do you, how do you not think about it all the time when you've made this thing? You know? Uh, can I answer you with Leonard Cohen's words on that exact question? Awesome! I didn't even know. If I knew where the good songs came from, I'd go there more often. And it's so weird. Because I was watching an interview, apropos of nothing, with Noel Gallagher. And he goes, he was talking about, you know, because he's always touted as this incredible songwriter, right? And I think Oasis had a bunch of fantastic songs. But he has been, new, like, on a number of occasions, called the songwriter of his generation. And and That's it's it's pretty wild, given, like, wrote, that it's like Noel. Four good songs. That it's Noel yeah, Gallagher, know. you know? And and I the thing about that. it is, is, is. We've I think he's the one that says it, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's probably NME and, and a lot of British uh, uh, yeah. publications. In any case, though, <laughs> he has received that quite often, and and you know he w- he was just shooting the shit. And and the thing that he says to the interviewers, I love his interviews. He's great to listen to. Isn't he? he is. He's such like a bad dude, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, God, how do you still exist? Like, yeah. you know, um, what he said was, you know, the the there's songs that literally took four years to finish. But the ones that stick with the largest, with the group of uh, humans the most, the largest group of humans the most, are the ones that he didn't try and just just were there, gifted, you know. And it's it's that idea of uh, the Greeks, Damon, that 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 you can't, you just gotta be open to whatever, and 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 these things will be gifted you sometimes if you find yourself being open to it. And it, it's it's not necessarily a spiritual thing, but I think it is sort of something that I've certainly experienced and, and been awestruck by. And, and I know that if you talk to enough musicians, you find that that is a recurring theme, yeah. that you're gifted something at times. And, and, and I think that mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's like the more you set yourself up for that, the more you're, you're able to do it. And you see these guys that take the biggest risk are often the ones that are gifted that the most. And Leonard Cohen seems to be one of those yeah. people who just pursued what he wanted uh or what he saw as worthwhile and um and and was given given some pretty pretty serious gifts and i think this last album is probably one of the bigger ones to be honest he would probably argue that he didn't have the gift but uh i mean gifted yeah gifted with it yeah but he was gifted and he just through his sheer uh work ethic he was conditioned to go to that place. Yeah, that to he, be in that place more often. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and and a lot of us, you know, it, you know, where does it even come from? And I think 
you know, can you work at it? Does it just have to be there? You know, I don't know what side of the fence, you know, you land on that. Yeah, but, that's an interesting But I think it is. Y- you do have to be conditioned. Uh, and if you're in peak form, I think it comes to you uh, more readily. Or if you're just completely naive to the whole fucking thing. Also, right, but isn't that a you form of I mean? being conditioned? To be ready I think there's a lack of condition. To be, well, you're, you're right. You can receive all these things you're because just there, you're open. Yeah. yeah. You're not you're not thinking. You're not, well, fuck, you know, this chord's got to go to this thing or what am I trying to say here? You're just, it's just pure well, you, honest. You, you, have, you, have no f- you have no filters, yeah. you know, sort of closing you off to so whatever. That, I think that's probably where Noel Gallagher, where, you know, Wonderwall came from. Frankly, I think that's a beautiful song. I think it does fall into no, it is a good song ca- yeah. categories. And, and Champagne Supernova is another good one too. <laughs> <laughs> the Delco version, <laughs> Supernova, <Yeah>. at the Acme. <laughs> buy that album at the Acme. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um, yeah, it's funny, man. I, I what say you, Flower Town? <laughs> yeah. What say you? Um, F- final thoughts? Are we doing final thoughts? Uh, that was my final thoughts. I have nothing more to add than what I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I thought that, like, um, <laughs> I thought it was really great. <laughs> I can't even. I slipped that out. That was a it. really good try, though. <laughs> Thank you. Valiant the effort. Great, really slipped into like Missouri for a minute. Yeah, you went. So, you went Missouri. Sorry, Missouri. Um, elsewhere. I, I, I can't speak too much. It, it moved me, and and as they grow older, it's. It, it, you know, because you listen to so much, you take in so mm-hmm. much, it becomes more and more difficult to be moved by stuff because there's a sheer volume of stuff. You have armor on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when something moves you or moves me, um, I take that as uh, something that's very special. So. Absolutely. Uh, final thoughts is like this was this was a, an experience and I really, really loved it. So, mm. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. I, I just uh, I was struck by the thematic content of the novel. Uh, novel, geez, Feel, feels <laughs> like feels like one to some extent, and, and more of a collection of poems, I guess, uh, an anthology, right? Um, but uh, of the album, and you know, just I wondered, you know, like y- you know, you're dying, you're trying to figure out like what last kind of you know, artistic moment you want to present as kind of a summation or like a continuation of, of everything you've done. And, and uh, I, I thought it was interesting, you know, that he, um, w- w- the, the, the track pup- puppets, yeah. puppets, yeah. puppets, yeah. I mean, holy shit, heavy, you know, yeah. and so didn't expect it. No, um, it you does know, hit and, you. And thinking about and the plums, cl- clearly thinking <laughs> about like the complexities, may- maybe of you know the, the current political state and and yeah. how that harkens to Nazism and and to you know, harkens, he says, to to the ho- the Holocaust and 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 to um, you know the the um c- the complicit relationship in 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 all kinds of. Um, power dynamics there but, but like yeah, who's got um, the hand in the puppet yeah so i was just like you know what 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 do we get at the end of our lives to pass on and how do we do that in what form and and uh i guess go riffing on on, on what you said um nick you know like uh, you're presented with these gifts right that just kind of emerge out of all this condition and and and, and to your point um daniel as well from this conditioning from these years of labor from 
you know, working at a craft and laboring at a craft. You, you're presented with these gifts, and, and um, uh, it's, it's interesting to feel that, you know, he, to see how he was presented with these gifts that he's now giving and, and the choosing of what gifts he chooses to then yeah. give back to the world um, were, uh, struck me as I, as I, as I was you know, absorbing the album. So, um, yeah, rest in peace, Leonard. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Um, my final thought, um, as far as posthumous albums go, um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just yeah. top of the top of the heap, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they range from this to, frankly, cash grab piles of dog shit. Absolutely, which yeah. a lot of them are. Yeah, most and of them are. I'd if you can buy it at a gas station, it's probably a posthumous album, most likely. Yeah, or a collection. Um, I feel, um, uh, I don't, I don't mean blessed or lucky, but words that mean that I, the, the vocabulary is escaping me. I feel something very grateful that, that we got this. Cause Leonard, he didn't owe anybody anything anymore. That last album was, was truly a masterpiece and to get this and for it not to suck. And then for it not only to not suck, but actually be very, very, very good mm-hmm. is like, man, that is a. Uh, no, thank you for the dance, <laughs> yeah, Leonard. It's a gift <laughs> to, to both of your points. Yeah. It's, it's a gift. So that's, yeah. that's my final thought. I um, encourage you to uh, listeners to uh, you know come to it with an open mind. His voice is not for anyone, everyone, but um, if you have a heart and it beats, <laughs> <laughs> put the headphones on that and uh, take a spin. Nicely done. Two ears and a heart. Absolutely. <laughs> and in, uh, in true holiday tradition, I have a gift for you, gentlemen, that I will grab now for our beer section. Oh, Mm. beer section. (laughs) (laughs) Tasty. I don't know what I was doing there. All right, so, gents, uh, what I have... Jesus Christ. Are you a fucking janitor? <laughs> Who's keys? Daniel clipped mine to his. <laughs> <laughs> How do you both no have the same carabiner? You've got to see the fucking this is, I need to get in places the sometimes. Wait, right? the sheer weight on this. No, it's this really is, not, not a I have wow. back problems. That's why I have a belt? Oh, God. Um, so, gents. Whose keys are uh, in, in honor of how much I love each of you and <laughs> this cast. I fr- I love the holidays. I love the holiday cast. I enjoy it so much. <laughs> yeah, there's a twinkle. <laughs> like, my so, God. <laughs> uh, every I've, I've started um, something of a tradition with Gabriel and I. We go to uh, buy a record after Thanksgiving, and we buy Goose Island's Bourbon County beers after Thanksgiving. And what they have are these beers that are aged in bourbon barrels, and mm. they're dated, and they can stay in the bottles that they're bottled within uh for up to five years most of them so mm. i have a whole a whole bunch in that uh that cabinet right above us um but this one i bought for this occasion this is the 2019 goose island bourbon county brand mon cherry stout mm. this is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with cherries granola oats brown sugar and a hundred percent natural flavor of amaretto my friend mm. So uh, the these these things are are really fucking delicious most of the time. Hopefully we don't get a bogey. Open that right over the laptop. Yeah, Here we do go. that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll ruin two computers in one year. Here we go. That's that baby. Um, mm. So Goose Island 
is uh, a Illinois brewery. Uh, I believe they started in 1998, if I'm not mistaken. They were recently purchased um, by Anheuser-Busch. And uh, mm. get a little tired. Goose Island was wants. bought by, by Anheuser-Busch? They were bought by them probably back in 2010 or 11. Oh, really? It was a while ago. Yeah. Pigs! In fucking yeah. pigs. Maybe, maybe <laughs> even maybe even eight or nine. Fucking um, whenever wow. they whenever they came to Philadelphia, they uh, almost that year they were they were bought out. Um, what I will give credit to their to their founder for is so that their brew pubs are not being bought out by um, uh, Anheuser Busch, and that they're kind of craft lines, which I'm assuming this is part of. Absolutely. They said they're going to still do those. They're not yep. going to. He said if we wanted to do crappy versions of. Of things, we would just let them do it, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So we want to do. So th- this is a yeah. this is kind of a, a big thing that they do every year, and it's actually 1988. I'm sorry, they start in '88, um, in uh, I believe it is that is uh, Chicago. I don't even want to drink it. It smells so it good. Smells like soy sauce. No, no, you are stupid, but man. It has like a raisiny, <laughs> raisiny, raisin soy there sauce. There is sort of a raisin, dummy. a raisin thing here, or like a prune, like a like, like a, a prune or a date. Yes. Yeah, you know, something like that, yeah. mm. with a nice um, piece of rice and so, salmon. So, why don't we get a nice clinky cheer? These, cheers. these are really uh, cheers, are really gents. Thick cheers. Beer. Mm. cheers. Put this in my car. Happy holidays. Holiday cast. Yeah. Yeah. It's as dark as the album cover. Oh, sweet Mary. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> on the back end, too. Yeah. So this is, and and so the Ooh. listeners at home aren't like, I'm going to go drink a whole bunch of these because well, they're not. giving it such a good review. It is 14.1%. Oh, sweet Christ. By the I'm way. I'm going to drink a whole bunch of these. Yeah. <laughs> and you can- <laughs> I'm going to drink a whole bunch of these. Hey, everybody. Many. Um, <laughs> oh, that is... Yeah. Mm. See the back end, that it really gets you. I know. Yeah. That does not taste like soy sauce. It does exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad guy. you've come around. I used um, to suck on soy sauce packets so, at the mall. So many potential titles it's, for it's this li- episode. There's like <laughs> chocolate, cherries, mm-hmm. amaretto. Like all these things are there, and they, I feel like, just make this nice little beautiful pool that, uh, yeah, amaretto that really walks yeah. down the back of your throat this at, is a, like like a minute yeah. after you've taken your first sip yeah. this you is know? a mad elf for adults yeah. <laughs> there you go because <laughs> and the reason daniel says i think only assholes like, and children have to be like 23 elf. to drink a mad elf yeah because because a mad elf just just it's it's like you ever see hot ones like that yeah. that that show where they eat the wings yeah mad elf is the bomb of the hot ones sort of like arc of hot sauces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just fucks you up. It's like three from the worst one, but nobody's good after it. And you can't have more than one. And you're like, why the fuck did I even bother? I should have skipped it. I can't tell you how many people. That's a perfect on, summation. How many people I follow on Instagram or, or I'm friends with on Facebook that are just like, it's that time of year again. And they got like four cases of Mad Elf in this photo. I'm like, that is what mad the fuck is wrong with you? It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like pumpkin beers for dickheads. <laughs> It's just it's it's a lot. It's just a lot, and and that's a cherry. So we're clear. Uh, I don't know why like pumpkin head then came into my mind. Then for some reason Juggalo. Like, I just like I just like imagine well, that was the with a mask on. Yeah. yeah like, okay. I will say this though. I, I will give Mad Elf a little bit of credit. It ages beautifully. So the cherry um, becomes more pronounced. Uh, in that and one it's so time. mellow. So Mad Elf is delicious if you're fortunate enough to find a bar. You know, I think Trogues actually finally caught on to that. Um, and they actually sell they aged ones now. They are the brewer now. of yeah. Metal. Yeah. Uh, at the bar we worked at, one year we ordered too many of them. 
and it was like March. And we're like, well, we're not we're not gonna put May out. It was spring, so we just kept mm-hmm. it. And just uh, to our surprise and delight, like, oh, this is really, this really well, mellowed out. Very, very. It's it's tricky. So you chug the hell out of them and get even more drunk. Um, it's like the dogfish. If you're yeah, the dogfish, so, so a matured a matured mad elf is very very nice. True. What, what temperature do you rest at? We just we just kept it in the hot basement. <laughs> you know, like you do. There's no air con. It's cost money to air condition a basement. Looking for a precision answer. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, the- <laughs> well, you're about at a a, a, a forty two. You want to keep it between uh, twenty eight to uh, ninety three degrees. <laughs> yes. Put in a fucking is, trash can that's in the a variance. Yeah. That's the variance. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, what you want? What you want? You 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 want uh, twenty eight to ninety two. <laughs> you want a dead tartan, and then you you want to put it inside, uh, and then and then and then once that tartan is 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 decomposing. <laughs> tauntaun? Tauntaun. <laughs> I thought you were going. <laughs> See what you need to do is get a lightsaber. You need to <laughs> slash that guy That's what right called, open. Right? Yeah, tauntaun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was saying tartan. Yeah, tar- tauntaun. 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 Um, I fucked that up. Forever. I stinking mule. Think this beer is great, <laughs> and as far as holiday beers go, this is, um, nice. is top notch. And it's not really a holiday beer; it's just a, a year, a you once a I year thing. That I find, I don't know if you guys would agree. I only drink like after dinner liqueurs during the holidays for whatever reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like. I'll fuck with a lemon shell maybe in the summertime if I'm feeling nah frisky. I'm out. But. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're no longer Italian, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> actually, this is a very Living Italian. Flower town. It's, a, it's a very Italian hey, you know past what? here. Leave Fuck this flower the town hate. We have a very Itali- Italian cast here. Yeah. And so, to you guys, uh, let me ask you this. Um, cherries are a very, that was my second thing, is amaretto mm-hmm. is an after-dinner liqueur. I find I drink a lot of that during the holidays. Um, but also, cherries seem to be in fucking everything during the holidays, uh, I love the cherry with the little bit of cream and a chocolate coating and the maraschino cherries inside there. That was my, that's one of my fondest memories of this time of year uh, with my Italian relatives who are uh, also deceased mm-hmm. like one Leonard Cohen. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I love a cherry and cheers to, uh, cheers to loved ones during the holidays and Drinking fucking cherries. That's going to make for some good sound, yeah. all that Yeah, there's a lot of neat clink. By the way, if you do uh, find yourself purchasing, the, purchasing this beer. Purchasing this beer. Make sure you put it in a goblet. You better be real damn careful about it because <laughs> it is strong. You're meant to strong. drink it in, uh, in one of these goblet-type um, type glasses. Yeah, you get the nose. Mm. So uh, I love this beer. It's great. I'm going to track one down. Mm. Javi's, baby. Yeah. Nose. You get a whole oh, so they can just like... So a few years ago, this was like a rarity. You'd get a uh, the distributors. They would just you'd, you'd be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, you, you would have a limited quantity. They would, they would yes, there we go. And <laughs> allotted. That's the word. They were yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like foodery only would get like this one was a this was the the big one this year. This was the one that everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but now that you can buy a case at the distributor is. Yeah, I don't know. That seems you can't like get a. I haven't seen a case. Oh, of I thought you said you get it at Javi's. You can get it at Javi's, oh, but they it's sell in the Lucy's? six pack section. Okay, so you have to buy individual bottles. Okay, well, that's fair then. Everyone living in uh, Manionka, Roxborough, you know. Like, now you know what we're talking right, about. Now yeah. you know exactly what's happening. What yeah, is so Mon Cherry? Javier's. If you go down, <laughs> go down Ridge. <laughs> yeah, make a hard left on Leverington, dude. You can make a right on Umbria, 
and uh, you, you're, you're close to Nick's About three, auto. Uh, after three stop signs, uh, fourth stop sign on your right. No, what uh, you want to pass is 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 the always incredible <laughs> Union Tap House. And then on your right, a little bit further down is Jabba. No, I don't go there. There are listeners who are Google mapping this. <laughs> I'm right from now. Flower Town. Yeah. I don't, I'm you're... slumming it down here now, gents. <laughs> I get my beer from the local Whole Foods. <laughs> I shop at Whole Foods I, they, only. So, so they are selling bourbon counties all over the place. Of course they, they are. Be. All right. Um, we have a holiday party to get to, all of us individually. So mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, push. Be true. That's our MacGuffin. Uh, the holiday parties we must attend. So we'll um, tell you about them next time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys! It's been a real pleasure. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, Franco. Thanks Cheers for ha- oh, uh, coming thank in, for having, having us. Guys. Thank you very much for I coming. I look yeah, forward so. to this every holiday season. As do Cheers. I. Right. More oh, clinking, clinking. Yeah, I give the book um, eleven out of eighteen pieces of flair. I nicely done. Wow, wow. Dude, you hit one, that man. one. Yeah, I just I said it. I didn't know where I was headed. <laughs> yeah, I can and, tell. And uh, I give uh, the album um, 19 pieces of flair out of 18. In fact, it gets no flair because that's not what Leonard was about. Zero pieces of flair out of zero pieces of flair. It's a perfect thing that exists, and I'm very happy so that it does. Call an album's perfect. How much flair? Listen, if you cla- cast it, it's, 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 per- it's perfect. Yes. I, my <laughs> vocabulary is diminished lot, yeah. with my old age. What do you give the beer? Um, oh, so last last cast, I approached the Billie Eilish album with something of uh, drunken excitement and exuberance. Um, <laughs> I apologize, dear reader, uh, listener. Uh, I apologize, this, dear reader. Someone's reading the transcript. This album uh, is to be approached with nothing but reverence. And I give this beer um, 16 out of 18 pieces of flair. Which is still good. That's still really good. Wow. That's fantastic, yeah. There you go. Talking about the flair. Uh, I'll, I'll give the book. Because uh, how many pieces of flair is the top again? I'm fucking you. 18. Whenever you give more than the flair. Wasn't 18? 18, 18 pieces. Was the movie? 18's the limit. Well, I think Daniel That was the that bare up, minimum. The Didn't the she need? Oh, she, she needed, needed 24 eight. individual pieces of flair or something? Or really? the guy did? Only oh, she guy wanted to that. express The guy, he was, he was a, hey. He was over it. He was over the top. He was over it. The minimum was like seven or eight, right? Or nine. Listen, only if you want to express yourself, the minimum, minimum is around the 10 range. Yeah. So 18 is that excited dude. So- I, I, I am punk. <laughs> I, I'm giving this a uh, 13.5 pieces of flair last <laughs> night at the lobster. Uh, and, and you know, you've listened to this this far, so you know fucking why. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Stop looking at me. And then we're going <laughs> to. What? What's <laughs> a half a fucking piece of flair look like, dude? I have a piece it's of just, flair. It's just the pin. It's just the pin. It's just the pin. The blinky it's got caught in like the door frame or something. Yeah. It's just a safety pin on your shirt. Yeah, half flare. Uh, it's <laughs> so emo. Half flare, <laughs> and that it's uh it's in that oh, first gosh, layer of skin in your palm. <laughs> And you freak people oh. out by holding oh, it there. Yo, that was the I best. I love doing that shit in fucking grade <laughs> school, dude. <laughs> I love staying. I, I would occasionally staple myself, Moving too. On. Like, oh, look at that. <laughs> the, the album I agree with, Daniel, I don't think Leonard would give a fuck about pieces of flair. So I would say it's just beautiful and wonderful and moving and profound. And I would say this beer is because I can't have more than one. I give it a, I, I ping it one for that 17 out of 18 pieces of flair. And it's only because they, they are delicious and beautiful. And, and this one is so fucking good. This is the best one I've ever had of it's these. It's really good. Um, 
It's really good. Like, cause you know, as you're as as you're sitting yep. with it, it's there's more is happening. It's taste. It it is going in my mouth and tasting real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I give it seventeen only because oh. I know that it is it, you're one and you're one and that's it on this. But there's a lot of things happening. The complexity is fantastic. Yeah. And I I I am done. That's that sounds real nice. I feel. Ri- I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop playing around. This um. Last night at the Lobster, I'm not gonna do the rating because I, I uh, it's fairly arbitrary when it's not out of ten. Um, <laughs> but even I mean, then, I guess I'm, I've been trying. I've been sitting here trying to calculate. But I will say this about that. Doing it. Yeah, I will say this. Um, it's a perfectly readable book. You'll probably enjoy it. You can't help not. Uh, Leonard Cohen. I'm, I'm a noob. I feel I'm moved. I really enjoyed that album. And I'm moved noob. This beer <laughs> is a moved noob. Sounds like a sex move. Oh, for you. Wow. Wow. Um, (laughs) Because you're new at it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, And this beer is is terrific. (laughs) I, uh, you know what? Fucking quit. (laughs) God, we love you. What do you got, Franco? I didn't even get to rate. You know what, <laughs> Franco? What do you got? <laughs> I was fucking nah. around. I was fucking nope. around. Nah. Nope. I was fucking around. Nope. God. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> the beer's great. Drink some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you even bourbon county? Yeah. I, <laughs> I think this is the first time you guys have asked me to rate anything because you it's know the new. other stuff we've read. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I probably would have rated it more highly before coming into this conversation because i think that like um the book yeah the book i'm sorry the book um because i got schooled in in a good way i think by the talent that's around this table or you know in in terms of authorship and composition and all those things you're Um, welcome it's clearly talking about nick and me (laughs) which nick (laughs) obviously the one who has two books out soon too (laughs) no never mind too soon too soon anyway um yeah i uh I don't want to dwell on I that. I still think, I, you know what? Hey, listen. I still think that for me, it was a pleasurable read. And um, I, it, it took me back to a place that I felt like I could observe things that were like part of, of, of uh, my experience in the world. And so I enjoyed it for that reason. So out of 18 Absolutely. fucking pieces of flair, I don't know, somewhere in the 14 range maybe. Um uh, the album is tremendous. Um, I think that you couldn't hope for a better posthumous offering from an artist, and uh, I'm excited to explore mo- more of Leonard Cohen's uh, catalog. Having having heard this, and I'm going to take the recommendation of Daniel and and listen to his last album. Imagine was, what he could do when he was alive. Yeah, yeah. this is great for a dead guy. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah, zero out of zero because because we don't do flair on Cohen. Um, and uh, the that beer? is our button. Yeah, that's our button. <laughs> that, if Booker Beer makes a button that says we don't do flair on Cohen, there you go. It's fantastic. <laughs> You've coined one of the greatest phrases oh, thank you, in the man. English that's, language. That's he calls himself you know, the, the talent around the table. The dude fucking yeah. dominates the best yeah. phrase I we've just, had. That was generous. <laughs> Blew away um, the show right now. And, uh, and the beer, Usually I mean, does. I like drinking. So it was <laughs> like, uh, you know. So it's always a good thing. Um, I, I don't up zero out of zero. I don't no always. Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't like drinking. It was, like drinking. Yeah. it was almost an A. Drinking. It was almost an A. And there perfect. was some, there was a pause. I like drinking. <laughs> 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 I wasn't sure what it was he was doing. I can be able to reproduce it. Um, 
so you know Just i copy and paste i don't often uh imbibe in the bourbon bourbon barrel you know bourbon aged uh bourbon barrel aged stouts um i i'm more of a <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kensinger out of the uh, out of the tap man. Regular uh, ass beer. Is there a buck fifty at SPTR? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not anymore, man. It's up to two dollars on happy Son hour. Anyway, uh, so um, I, it's always a treat, and uh, you guys always treat me so well when I come here at the holidays. So I'm very thankful for you guys. And yeah, you're Great a sweetheart. Beer. We love Thanks, having man. Yeah. We'll see you next year. Absolutely, uh, yes, sir. I hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody take a deep breath in. No, everybody do it. We did it fucking <laughs> One, two. <gasps> and I'm going to shut it down by telling you guys to check us out on social media at facebook.com slash bookrecordbeerpodcast, on Twitter at bookrecordbeer, and on Instagram at book.record.beer. We're on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and all that wonderful stuff. Make sure to listen in next time. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time, all of our wonderful fans. God bless us, everyone. <laughs>